verse number 11. We're going to start there. A few things that, that I believe the Lord wants to say to us as he sets us up to, to close to close out this year and prophesy ourselves into our next year. Um, and God kind of took me here out of Zechariah. It's just, I guess, the way my spirit moves and, and kind of explores. But I, I couldn't get out of my mind the picture of Joshua standing in the presence of the Lord with filthy garments on. And while he was in the midst of the presence of the Lord with filthy garments on, God commanding his angels to change that man. To take off of him those filthy garments. And and so um, for some strange reason, it began to speak to me about the prodigal son and kind of had me jump there. Um, for however what and prayerfully at some point it all comes together. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. I'm going to look at that. It says, and this is the Lord speaking a parable. He says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. That's what your Bible says. Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. It seems like the famine in the land had to do with his personal condition. If you really track it, and I'm hoping y'all catch this, and, and glory be to God. And when he had spent all, whatever he had spent connected to famine, there arose a mighty famine after he spent all in that land, and he began to be in want. You see that? Isn't that amazing? Verse 15. And he went and joined... Everybody say joined. Oh, my gosh. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Is that what your Bible says? That ought to make you scratch it. If you read that, did you you read that? I'm going to read it again because it don't really make sense. Verse 16, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk of the swine did he, and no man gave unto him. That don't make sense if you read verse 15, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no worthy to be uh, called thy son. Make me as one of thy highest servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, he wasn't nowhere near his father's house still. He was a great way off. Amen. Because a father can see you coming even when you're still far off. 
Uh, he was a great way off. Y'all miss what I'm saying? He still smelled like weed smoke, but a father can see you coming when you still smell like he was still a great way off. He still had blunt markers on his finger, but a father could see him coming. He was still a great way. His father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, see, we try to make that the beautiful Polaroid Hallmark movie picture. But this boy just left the pig pen. This boy still has the mud, the feces, and the sink of the pig pen on him. He's not clean. He is filthy. He is dirty. And he is smelly. And his father doesn't see the filth. His father doesn't see the dirt. Nor does he pay attention to the smell. He falls on that boy and kisses him with the dirt on his neck. He gets his his son's dirt on his lips. He, he gets his son's stink on his oh, yeah, lips. Well, it, it's bigger than what we've, we've made it. To be God, I thank you. I thank. Let me go on. Let me go because we. I thank God that He put His hands around me when I still was. See, see, see. see. Some of us forget He didn't put your hands around. He didn't kiss you after you washed off all the stuff that you did. But He saw us a fall. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. I don't care where you've been, you're still my boy. Hallelujah. Verse 21. That right there blesses me. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. This is blesses me. But, but the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring here the fatted calf. And kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be married. I don't even know what to call this. Father, I just thank you. Hallelujah. And I just bless you now for the power and the spirit of God to speak to us as a people. And we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to... Share this with share some things about this this story, um, and and it's, it's so profound in nature, and it speaks so much of God's heart for redeeming and restoring us as people, um, and and it speaks so much about what we lose that we don't know that we've lost. It, it sets the, the story sets up by saying a certain man had two sons, and there was a younger one. And that younger one said, I want my goods. Everybody say goods. Good. That younger one says, I want the goods that you have for me. And then after he gets his father's goods, everybody say goods. Good. Not, the Bible says in verse 13, not many days after 
the younger son gathered everything he had together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance, his goods on riotous living. We cannot overlook the fact that the prodigal son wanted his portion of goods. Everybody say goods. Now, why do I say that? Because there is none good but God. I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. He wanted his portion of goods. Jesus makes it clear that there is none good but God. He told the father, watch this, to give him his portion of good that was his right by inheritance. Uh, we are, are now partakers of his divine nature. We are to be conformed into the image of God. It speaks of him taking on the God part of him. The, the, the part of him given by inheritance. The part of him that was created in God's image and, and leaving with it. Now, now, taking the image of God and saying, I'm leaving with your image. And I'm going to make my own life. I'm going to make my own. I'm going to take your image. I'm going to take your authority. I'm going to take your blessing. I'm going to take your glory. I'm going to take your favor. And I'm going to leave. And I'm going to live my life with your image. Give me my goods. I hope y'all following what I'm saying. Our inheritance, what is our inheritance from the Father? It is the image of Christ. That is, there is none good but God. It is to look like Jesus. Come on, we always quote it. Romans 8 verse 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, that are called according to his purpose. But if we skip the verse from um, 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son. He died to give us back what we lost. And what we lost was the God on us. We lost God's image. We lost God's likeness. And this son goes up and says, give me my God part. Give me my inheritance. So he walked away from his father's house with his father's goods. Come on. He walked away with his father's likeness, his father's authority, his father's power, his father's holiness, his father's heart, his father's favor. He walked away with his father's purpose. He walked away with his father's life, energy, motivation, and he wasted it on riotous living. He, he uh, he wasted it on riotous living. Can I help you understand what riotous living is? Because we just think riotous living is drinking and sleeping around and running the club. That's the fruit of riotous living. But the core of riotous living is independent living. I'm going to say that again. The, core, the, the fruit of independent living is sinning and running the streets and sleeping around and clubbing. But the core of riotous living is living without God's impact, influence on a moment and day-to-day -day basis. Riotous living is actually independent living. It's saying, when I want to live separate from your continual influence and impact and direction on my life. 
We can only reflect the image of God to the degree that we're in intimate relationship with God. We cannot look like God without being connected to and walking with God himself. Glory be to God. That's why Adam was doomed when he sinned because now he hear God's voice walking and he ain't moving. It's walking without him. He had now lost the image of God. He's no longer walking with God. God is walking without him. And anytime God is walking and we're sitting still or he's sitting still and we're walking, we're in trouble. So, so this is what we got to understand. To the degree we live independent from God, we waste our goods. We waste our God likeness. Where there is riotous living, there'll always be sin, compromise, and disobedience as the fruit of independent living. Come on, we waste our holiness. Anybody got out there and you wasted your holiness? Glory be to God. And don't, don't ever get it twisted. Holiness is not wearing certain things on your head. Holiness is not wearing pants. Holiness is otherness. It is distinctiveness. It is now being able to be something that can't nobody else be look like something can't nobody else look like and do something that everybody else can't do. In other words, God gave us the gift of standing out. That when you came in the room, you stand out from everybody else, even though you're not blowing a whistle or drawing attention. That is a part of our God likeness. Anybody knows what happened when God come in the room? Come on. And when we worship God and he comes in the room, you feel the presence of God. You feel the glory. God said, I want you to have that when you walk in the room at work. I want you to have that when you walk in the grocery store. I want you to have that. But when we live independent from God, we waste our good. So they would tell your neighbor, I'm holy like he's holy. Can't nobody do it quite like I do it. Don't nobody sound like I sound. Can't nobody else say they can replicate that. I'm holy as he's holy. Amen. Amen. Our righteousness, when we live independent, we waste our righteousness. What is righteousness? It is living a lifestyle that demands people to know a demarcation between right and wrong, good and evil. I do not have to break out the Ten Commandments to convict you of right and wrong. All you got to do is watch me live and you're convicted of right and wrong. We give up our righteousness when we begin to live in riotous living. You know what we give up more than anything else that I believe now is so costly to us? We give up our passion. Come on, we give up our motivation. And when we begin to live riotously, we now have to wait on something to stimulate us to get us going. We got to wait on the movie. We got to wait on the fair. We got to wait on somebody to be doing something to stimulate us because something has to happen to stir us up to get excited. But my, my glory be to God. When you now are touched by the fire of God and get the inheritance, you do not wait on something to happen to get you excited. You get up and start making stuff happen with the passion of God that's on your life and you lose those things through riotous living living independently of God we waste our goods all of the God part of us amen the Bible says something so key in Luke 15 verse 14 about this man who wasted his goods before I go to if you look at that and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine where Luke 15 verse 14 when he had spent all, where did the famine come? 
in what land? The land he was in. Why? Because the earth is in earnest expectation, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, when he, in a sense, wasted the glory of his sonship, that land he was in no longer had any hope. So now the land goes into famine because the intercessor, the one that's supposed to be the difference, looks like everybody else, talks like everybody else, walks like everybody else. So now the land no longer has a hope to be redeemed. And so now when he loses his good when he loses his God when he loses the likeness of God the land goes into a famine because there's no one to intercede for it anymore perhaps some of the stuff that's happening in Dawson is because of what's not happening to us God, I wish I could preach up in here. Perhaps some of the stuff that's happening in Florence County is because of what we're giving up in riotous, independent living with God. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land that now directly reflected his loss or rejection of his sonship. Right? And he began to be in warmth. When we waste the God part of who we are on riotous living, it's just a matter of time before we be in want. Come on. We're, we find ourselves wanting peace. We find ourselves wanting change. We find ourselves wanting deliverance. We find ourselves wanting better. It did not say he had a want. The Bible says he was in want. It's the difference between having a want and being in want. When you're in want, that means you just want with no end. What I'm trying to tell you is, uh, no matter what you get, uh, you'll find out you still want something. And then after after you get that, you'll find out you still want something. And then after you get that, you'll find out you still want something. And then after you get that, you'll find out you still want something. Why? Because he got to the place where you don't know what you want. Because really what you want is what you lost in independent living. You want God. That's what you really want. So now he's just in want. I want to watch the game after you finish watching the game. You still in want. I want the job after you got the job. You still in want. I want the girl after you got the girl. You still in want. I want to get married. You got married and you still. Marriage can't bring you out of that. Y'all don't want to talk to me. You're still in want. Right? So, so, so anytime we lose the God part of us. Come on. We were created to look like God. You were created to turn heads. Not because of your short skirt, but because of the glory on your life. You were created to, to turn heads. Not because of your muscles, but because of the glory on your life. You, you, were, you, you were created for people to say, I got to listen to him. Not because you curse, but because of the sound of your voice has a depth and a grace on it that lets people know I need to listen to what's coming out of that individual's life. You were created for that. Not a person of people. Amen. And so now, if we look, look, uh, look at, look, look. Two words. It's hard to say together. If we look at Luke, 
verse 15 and 16, the Bible says in, in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He went and joined himself to somebody who had fields in the place of famine. And the person who had fields in the place of famine sent him out to feed his swine. Now, if you look at verse number 16, it says, And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now, hold on. That makes absolutely no sense. I'm going to read verse 15 and 16 again, and you can tell why that makes no sense. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. He gave him a job. Ain't that what that just said? He was getting paid. He's working. He has a job. And he would fain have filled his his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He was working for a living, feeding swine, yet the Bible says no man gave unto him. His belly was still empty after he finished working. I'm trying to make a point right here. It wasn't that he wasn't working and earning a living, but what he was working for and what he was earning wasn't bringing him fulfillment. He was still hungry after he did what he did. After he did what he did, he was still empty. See, can I help you understand something? Until we break the bondage of independent living and we're properly joined to the Father, no matter what job we get, no matter what house we get, no matter what car we drive, no matter who we get married to, at the end of the day, we'll still be hungry and we'll still be empty. We'll find ourselves in want of something that we cannot even describe that we want. We'll know something is wrong, but I can't tell you what's wrong. We'll know we're not fulfilled, but I can't tell you what to fulfill me. We'll know we're not happy, but I can't tell you what's not making you happy. Can I help you understand why this man was hungry after he got paid? Because he really wanted his significance. He knew this, that I am living below my meaning. I am living below my value. He was hungry for his royal identification. You are a son of God. You were created to look like God and have the influence of God through what you do in life. He was hungry for his meaning. My life is worth more than this. Some of you have accepted 
a level of significance that's very much below who you really are and what you're called to do. I just want to tell you today, glory be to God, your hunger is God saving your purpose. Your emptiness is God decreeing and telling you right. Prophesying. You, you, do you understand that your lack of fulfillment is prophesying to you that your destiny is greater than what you set up for? All it's prophesying to you is there's more than this. All it's speaking to you is I got greater for you. All it's prophesying is lift up ye heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors. Your emptiness is God's unwillingness to allow you to settle. You were created to be like me. You were created to impact humanity for out of divine glory. Your words are called to cause men to live or die. Your words are to rebuke weather patterns. Your hands are to be laid on cancer and diabetes and flu. Somebody needs to thank God you didn't allow me to be satisfied with what I got. Thank God you left me empty, even though I just finished eating. It was not about him being full. He could have ate the husk of the pig, but it's still at the end of the day, after he finished eating that, he would have still been empty. Let's just, so now, it says, verse 17, the Bible says, and he came to himself. My God, what a powerful, what a powerful text. I'm here to tell you now, breakthrough, deliverance, salvation, elevation will not happen until we come to ourselves. Too many times we like to blame church folk. We blame church hurt. We blame what somebody did. We blame what somebody said. We blame what somebody didn't do for us. But it's not until we finally say, you know what? It's me. It ain't what my mama did to me. It ain't that I was molested. It's me. It ain't that I was raised like it. It's me. It ain't my daddy's fault. It's me. It ain't my mama's fault. It's me. It ain't my former church's fault. It's me. You will never get breakthrough until you come to yourself. Until then, you'll hang out with pigs. And think you're justified because of what somebody did to you. So neighbor, tell your neighbor, come to yourself. The Bible says this in verse 17. And he came to himself. And he said, how many higher servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Hallelujah. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm not even worthy to be called thy son, but at least let me serve you. God Almighty. At least let me serve you. Hallelujah. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. 
But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Profound. Profound. Verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Everybody say best robe. And put it on him. No, no, no. no bring out the best robe and put it on him. Right? right? And then it goes on to say, and put, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Put on him the best robe. Everybody say best robe. The protostola is the Greek word for it. The protos. Uh, pro is for. F-O-R-E. Like before. Amen. Uh, so the prefix for means in front of, first in place, time, order, and rank. Put on. The father told his servants to get out. This is so profound. And I hope I don't say it too fast so you don't get it. To get out his first robe. To get out his chief robe. He did not put on him a robe. He put on his son his own robe. Not, not just any robe, the first robe he ever wore. He said, go get the first robe I ever wore and, oh, and put it on my son. And now, not just put it on him, the first robe I wore, but put it on him while he still got pig pen on him. Put it on him while he still got mud on him. Put it on him while he still got pig feces on him. Do not wash him off and put it on. Put it on him because putting it on him is going, what's going to wash it off? I'm not going to wash you and then put it on you. I'm going to put it on you, and what I put on you is what's going to cause you to be clean. He put shoes on dirty feet. And he put his first robe. The first robe God ever wore. Do you understand that? What is a robe? A robe is always an indication of function. Certain people wear robes to indicate their function. Robes are always connected to function. Judges wear robes to connect to their what? You know when your honor shows up. Right? High priests wear robes to indicate their you know those are the priests and that is the high priest. The priests wear robes to now indicate that robes was always an indication of function. The father says put on him my first robe. Put on this boy my forerobe. Amen. The fa- now wh- what is the first robe he wore? Come on, what is the first function that God functioned in in regards to man? He functioned in the creator role. He now put on the robe, watch this, he now, in, in, in now, in now, relation to us, he puts on the creator robe, y'all excuse me, he puts on the creator robe and said, God created the heaven and the earth and everything that's in it, right? He puts on the creator robe, right? And then he said, let us create man. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, right? His first robe, which indicated his first function, was creation. So now he has a creator's robe. But it ain't just a creator's robe because with creation always comes judgment. Because if I create you, 
Now I can judge you based on how much you function in the intention I created you for. If I created you, I can judge you on how much you do or what I created you for. So Adam, you can eat of every tree. Because if I create you, I can judge you. Adam, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but there's one tree that you cannot eat of, Adam, and that tree that you cannot eat of is the tree of life because the day you do it, you shall surely die. Well, why I got to die if I eat from that tree? Who said I had to? I got a right to tell you that because I created you. The creator is also the judge. So it is a creator and judge's role. God, y'all, let's shout right now. He said, now, after I finish the seventh day, I'm putting that robe in the closet. Because I'm going to have a son one day. That's going to try to make their way back to me. But they still going to have dirt on them. They still going to have filth on them. They still going to have bondages they're struggling with. I'm going to have a son that's going to try to be making his way home. And when I see him, I'm going to tell him, come get the best robe. So now my son comes up. Come up, JC. And I see JC coming. Don't walk fast. Walk slow. Walk with your head down. No, you ain't walking. You walking. Walk slower than that. Real, real slow. And I see him coming. He ain't even nowhere near me. His head is down. He just knows he needs better. He really don't even know what he's getting into. All he knows is he needs me. Y'all go back and go slower. You're going too fast. Glory be to God. Go. Go back some more. I can fuss at you. All right, move slow. He don't even know what he's doing. He don't even know why he's coming. All he knows is I cannot stay there no more. If I stay there any longer, I'm going to die. I need intervention, and I know that at my father's house, I know what my grandmama told me, that if I would just pray, I know what the choir sang and what I felt. I know what I heard. And so he begins to make his way to the father, and the father runs out to meet him and says, hold on one minute. This is my beloved son. Go get my first robe. Don't get any robe. Go get my four robe. Get my chief robe. Get the robe that I had. And so now, what God does is, he said, now put it on him. Why? Because he won't wear it. He won't wear it. He is too condemned. He is too guilty. He is too shameful. Put it on him because he ain't going to put it on himself. Don't hand it to him. Put it on him. And so now there are presences of God that put robes on you. Can I talk about that? There's some stuff that you'll never put on concerning yourself. But God will release a presence in the atmosphere that will put joy, peace, righteousness, victory on you because you won't never put it on yourself. We'll put praise on you because you won't put it on yourself. God will use an environment. Put it on them. I'm just here to tell you right now, we're in a season and in a time where God is putting stuff on his people. He's putting joy on his people. He's putting victory on his people. And he's putting praise on his people. There's some things you won't wear because of your, because of what you think you are and the mistakes you made. But God said, I, I know he won't put it on, but I'm going to bring him in an environment. I'm going to bring him into an environment called making his way back home. And as they're making their way back home, I'm going to put them in an environment of glory. I know you don't think this fits you. You might wear it for a while. Take off that sweater. In actuality, we didn't take off nothing. And this boy stank. I mean, smells bad. Dirty. 
Nasty. Still smell. Look, I don't care how much dirt he got on Put this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. From the head down. And, and see, the robe always reached from the bottom to the top. I'm going to put something on him where the devil can't accuse him. You ain't going to be able to see it. You ain't going to be able to see all the mess that's on him. I'm going to put something on him that covers all of that. I'm going to put something on him that you can't see all of that. And, and now, see, this is what we're missing. You know what we're missing, Tony? You know what we're missing in this? And you know why we ain't shouting? Because that's, first of all, I don't even want to deal with the creator. That's the judge's role. Y'all miss it. How in the world can I be judged and I'm the one wearing the judge's robe? It now speaks of now the irremovable salvation that he actually gives us. I can never judge you again because I place my robe of judgment on you. Now, how can anybody bring a charge against God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is now God that now, how can I judge you for it and I made you your judge? See, y'all miss what I just said. Glory be to God. Because all judgment was given unto me. But I ain't going to judge you. It's the word that I speak. In other words, what God is saying is, I'm taking completely away your guilt. And the only way you can be guilty is if you say you're guilty. Because now you're talking with the judge's robe on. Y'all miss it. And so now I can either judge myself with my words. Or now I can now confess. Confess my righteousness with my words. And what, whichever one I speak is enforced just like your honor. Y'all ain't miss what I'm saying. I struggle with pornography. You better watch what you say with this robe off. Because if you say that with this robe off, you're saying it as judge over your own soul. And you're enforcing that bondage and giving it life to continue living in your life. Glory be to God. I still sin. And Everybody, you better watch what you say with this robe on. Because if you say it with this robe, it has the power of a judge on it to judge you and keep you in that bondage. Yes, oh. Our problem is, he does this while we're still dirty. Come on. You don't wait till we clean. And he said, now you have to begin to speak what my son declared he did for you through his cross. I need you to begin to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have complete victory over sin in the name of Jesus. Oppression. I do not struggle with oppression or depression. I have complete victory over oppression and depression. There is no curse. Every curse has been broken. See, what, what you don't understand it. Y'all just think I'm saying that is not just saying religious things. I am now speaking judgments over myself. I am judging myself in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? 
that's a judgment. I'm the head and not the tail. That's a judgment. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm speaking judgment over myself. I am the righteousness of God. I'm judging myself. I am free indeed. I'm judging myself. I know weapon formed against me is able to prosper. I'm judging myself. So I make my bed in hell. He's there. I'm judging myself. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm judging myself. I shall live and not die. I'm judging myself according to the word of God. Put on your robe. God, I feel that in my spirit. Oh, I feel that in my spirit. Oh, I feel that in my soul. I am a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I bring forth fruit in season. My leaf never wither. And whatsoever I do in prosper, I ain't just talking jargon. I got on a robe of judgment that can enforce that reality on my very being. have clean hands and a pure heart. I have sinned unto the heel of the Lord. I'm judging myself. I'm here to tell you right now, don't you dare think that that's just for me to say. No, 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 no. While you're still a fall, while you still got pig being on you, and while you still got mud on you, I am the righteousness of God. I shall live and not die. I got all victory over sin. I'm judging myself according to the atoning work of Christ Jesus. And so, when I walk in the room, watch this, I don't understand it, because I still feel the dirt on me, and I don't have enough faith to see the robe on me. See, the dirt is seen by the eyes. The robe is believed with the heart. I'm going to say that again. The dirt, I can see my dirt. But if I'm going to now experience the robe, that is something I believe with my heart. If I will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart uh, and believe unto righteousness, thou shall be saved. I don't feel like I got victory. It don't matter. He said I got victory. Glory be to God. And I got a robe on. I'm here to tell you, he put on me his first robe, his robe of judgment. And I'm judging today that I cannot be depressed. No, I feel depressed. I don't care. I'm standing up as a judge and saying it can't be depression because the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'm going to judge my I got a robe of authority that's able to speak over my own heart and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards my heart and my mind and y'all miss that and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards that's a judgment and when you speak as your honor and you say the peace of God the peace of God is not just air the peace of God is a prince yeah the peace of God is a prince called Jesus Christ and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard my heart come here Jesus I can keep your God father you see what this man up there saying he got your robe on saying I guard his heart well 
if you got the robe on, then you got come here, Jesus, and come and stand in front of my heart, because the peace of God guards my heart and my mind. You want me? You gotta go through hell, because I stood up in my royal robe and I decreed the judgment of Christ over my life. somebody in here to stand up in your royal robe. Uh, come on, I need somebody in here to stand up in your judgment robe and begin to bless the God of Zion who said, I'm not putting on you an old tic-tac robe. I'm not putting on you a second-rate robe. I'm putting on you my best robe. Shout the joy of the Lord is my strength. I need somebody to judge themselves. My heart is at peace. My mind is fixed. Judge yourself. I am rooted by the river. And I shall not be moved. Welcome to the new place of judgment. You just judge yourself in Christ. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, that ain't something good to say. That's a judgment. I'm just letting the devil know I know who I am, and I know what judgment to speak out of my mouth. I'm going to speak the judgment of the Lord. And if the one judging me died for me, if the one judging me died for me, nay, in all things, I'm more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ who I don't care if you're far off he'll give you a robe while you're far off just decide you're going to make your way home anybody have decided I may not be where everybody else is I may be off a little bit but daddy I'm coming home tonight I'm making up in my mind in the mighty name of Jesus father I'm tired of not being fulfilled I'm tired of being empty I'm giving up my independence and I'm coming back to fellowship. God, I feel the glory of God. I feel the glory of God. I feel the glory. Listen to this. This is what's so profound about this. Elder Johnson. This robe, his first robe. Come on, he said, get the best. The chief robe. The robe that first let me know, let man know my function with man. Create and judge. So it's not just a judging robe. Gabe, it is a creator's robe. What does that mean? See, see, we miss it because we think our mouth is just to say what we see when it's to say what he said so we can see it. We are creators. 
Well, I, look here. No, 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 no. I will bless the Lord at all times. Well, if that's his judgment, and I don't feel like blessing the Lord, then I need to create it. I got on a road to create it. I do not. I am not a praiser, but I'm going to create it. I, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to create praise in my own heart because the same robe that is a judge's robe is the robe that is a creator's robe. Uh, no, 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 no. You are the righteousness of God, but I'm still sinning. I don't. I don't have righteousness. In, no, create it. That's why you got a robe. Oh, I love. I don't like praying. Create it. I love prayer. I'll pray without ceasing. I'll pray, my thy Father, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not a praiser. Create praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm not a reader. No, 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 no. Create it. I hunger and thirst for righteousness. You do not use your words to say what you see. You use your words to say what he said about you. And what you missing, make it. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord. He put on us a judge's role, and he put on us a creator's role. Hallelujah. What are you missing today? Make it. What's lacking in your walk with God? Create it. I want to be free in praise. Created. I'm free in praise. I want to shout created. I will shout with the voice of triumph. I want the peace of God, but I just keep on getting struck. Created. You have on a judge's role, and you have on a creator's role. Now, the the, the the horrible thing about that, Brian, is it's easier for us to judge according to the flesh and to accept what we see in the flesh than it is to judge according to what God said he did for us. Right? Right? And, 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 and speak according to the Spirit. And so, so many times we forfeit our right in our robe. You in a robe talking about if I could just get through this. You're judging yourself and saying you still got to be stuck in this. You got a robe on that says it is finished and you're telling God if you could just finish this, I would be okay. You are actually seeking judgments on your own self. That is keeping you in a place you no longer have to be. Do you know when you were free? You were free before you ever got bound. Before you even figured out you were tied up, he untied you. It is finished. Let me show you something that's startling about this whole text. Because wouldn't it be a shame, right? And all the dirt on him, all the filth on this man, how's he going to get it off? Is the father going to take him to get in the bathtub? 
and I'm going, you're a grown man. And I put my robe on you. Now I'm demanding faith. This is why a lot of people, even though they got the robe of righteousness on, are still going to be condemned and never get free from sin. Because you don't understand what you're doing when you continue to speak what you see, although it contradicts what he said. I put a robe on you to judge yourself out of judgment. Through your confession and repentance. You can judge yourself out of judgment. Through the testimony of what Christ's cross did on your behalf. Watch this. Put up that slide. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm sorry I got worked up. Because I was trying to take my time. I want y'all to see these verses and walk through them real fast. Romans 8 and 1 and 1. Why? Because, and I need y'all to look at him after you read them. This is why. This is what you look like in the spirit right now. And that's why the scripture can say what it says. Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now what? To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh and after the spirit. How can there be no condemnation? Because the one that's judging me put his judgment robe on me. If I walk into how can you be judged? You can't be condemned. Right. Thank you, Lord. Your judgment is in your own. Romans 8, verse 33 and 34. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Man, we should shout right there. Who is he that condemneth? It is what? The one that's going to condemn me is the one who died to make sure I wasn't condemned. If God that justifies, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yet rather that is risen again. Who even is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. See, y'all miss the intercession. The intercession ain't him saying, please let him live, please let him live. The intercession is him standing before God after he died. Father, if I can be in the grave for three days and still come back and live, they can be on drugs for 30 years and still come back and live. Father, if I can be in the grave for three days and come back and live, they can be a prostitute for 25 years and still live. Father, if I can be in the grave for three days and rise still, they can rise up out of their bondage, they can rise up out of their sin. Every time he looks to Jesus, he says they got a chance. Every time he looks at Jesus, he says they can make it. His intercession is the fact that you can die and still live. I need you to say, I shall live and not die. Matter of fact, I shall live in spite of the fact I die. No, I says, go to the second slide. I need y'all to see this. For the Father does what? I don't want God to, he ain't going to judge you. You got on his road. God, I don't want you, he's not. You got on his road, right? But has committed all judgment unto the son. 
Son. Who is the Son? The Word. Our judgment is based off of the Word. The Word, as we speak the Word, we're speaking judgment. And I don't want to forget to remind you, beloved, now we are. <laughs> I just, if we're going to go there, we might as well go all the way there. Now, the Father judges no man, but he has committed all judgment unto the sons. Right? Matthew 12, verse 36 and 37. But I say unto you that every, this is where we get in trouble. Every idle word. What is the idol? What does it mean to be idle? Not to move. Every word I use that keeps, gives me an excuse not to change. Everything that gives me to say, I just struggle with that. Every idle word we use to say we got to stay where we are. Idle means not moving, not changing. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the what? For by your words. Not how many of your words match what his word says about you? For by thy word thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be what? Condemned. Man, I just got this addiction. You're judging yourself, and it don't match what the word said about you. He said you're free from every addiction and bondage. What are you going to come... Do you think we can stand before God and tell him our judgment? I just had this addiction. It was just this one thing I couldn't let go of. Out of our own mouths, we'll be judged. You had that because your mouth didn't agree with my mouth that I broke it. I put my robe on you and you judge yourself as somebody that just has that struggle and you just can't let it go. And so it was able to now maintain its existence in your life by your own mouth. Right. And so some of us do this. We have the robe of judgment on and we take it off. Right? Because everybody's seeing, I got my issues. We all depressed. We all can change. We all got our things. And not to say those things are never faced, but that is not his judgment over our lives. Amen. He says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. He says that your joy shall be full. Thank you, he says that you have overcome the world. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. And we take it off. And we stand with all our mud on us. When we could, he put a judgment robe on us to speak our, all of that stuff off of us. Right. I'm here to tell you right now, having a robe requires you walking by faith. Amen. You cannot say what you see. You say what he said about your life and who you are. No, 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 no. I want to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. God, I thank you that I do love you. See, this is my prayer now. You can think I'm egotistical, but it, obviously if he's telling me to love him with all my heart, then he's already given me a heart that can love him with all my heart. And so now, God, I thank you. If you said it, that's what I got. So I'm going to judge my heart as his. Continually. Until all of my heart is like his heart. All of my mind is like his mind. So it is an awesome now salvation, but very but the, the, the fearful thing about it is most of us, the Bible says, trample it underfoot it. We are offered the robe and we'll take it off 
Because we want an excuse to remain like we are. That's right. Amen. Because we can't see how we can change. We don't think we can change. Right. How many people don't change? Because they don't, how can I change? I've been doing this for 30 years. I got to go back to the same people. I got to do the same thing. God didn't ask you if you could see it. That's right. Would you believe that I did it? Come on. When I died on that cross, I don't care if you don't see it. I did it. All right. And if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, I'll put a robe on you. No, I should. Watch this, and I'm closing. I'm closing. It says here this. It says, look at verse 23. It says, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And it's found. And they begin to be there. <clears throat> I want to point out something about this that I think is so, so key. That I think causes us to revise our view of repentance. That boy went straight from the pig pen, straight from the pig pen into praise. Y'all notice that? He went from repentance to rejoicing. We got to revise what we say, what we think repentance is. We think repentance is feeling bad. When God don't want us to repent to feel bad about what we did, he just wants us to be convicted enough to change it. I don't, after you change and come back, I really don't want to talk about it no more. I don't care if you wasted everything. I, you didn't change now. I don't care how many mistakes you made. You didn't change now. I don't care about your rap sheet. For so many of us want to come out and be like, oh, Lord, I can't believe I messed up. And God said, no, 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 hush. Put that robe on him and let's begin to make marriage. And so, 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 everyone come here. So, so now I'm the son and you the father, uh, you know, and, and, and I keep on wanting to say, but I'm so sorry. And then daddy just look at me and say, come on, praise him, boy. All right, you better, come on. He just start lifting yes, your hands. Yes, no, 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 no. God said, praise him, bless him, let's dance together. Come on, come on let's run around this church. Yes, but you don't understand, I feel so bad about what I, and he continues. He continues to tell him, no, we're going to praise, we're going to shout, we're going to dance, we're going to move, we're going to bless the Lord. Until the point where the prodigal son begins to say, you know what? <laughs> It might just be all right, God. I'm going. God, I'm just going to thank you for what you did. See, what I'm here to tell you is that it's a pig pen out there. Oh, but God wants to bring a people that are living in a pig pen in a place where they can make merry and they can celebrate the righteous role of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus that redeems them from their sins. From the pig pen to praise, we bring them prostitutes to praise. We bring them drug addicts to praise. We bring them homosexual to praise. But you don't understand what I did. We just go bless them. It's not pig pen sad, then praise. It's pig pen, then praise. Let us make merry. I'm about to make you glad. See, do you understand that praise makes you glad? That's why we got to shout. That's why we got to run. That's why we got to lift our hands. That's why we got to clap. We're making merry. Listen. 
going to tell you this. I don't care what you did. I don't even care if what you did hurt this church, me, or my reputation. Once you change, guess what? Let's make merry. I know pastor know what I said about him. I don't want him. You better get in here and pray. Let's make merry. Hallelujah. Because all that does is testify of how good God is. And it testifies that what he did didn't work. Ain't it a blessing? No, 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 no. I thank God that you've been in the pig pen. Look at you. Look at how you smell and you're in here praising God. Look at what's on you and you're in here glorifying his name. Look at your rap sheet and you have... Let's make merry. Come on, I need about 25 people that'll just agree with me for a moment. Let's make merry. I don't care what you said last week. Let's make merry. I don't care the mistakes you made last year. Let's make merry. I don't care what happened last month. Let's make merry. Passion can only... Continue to flow when punishment is no longer lurking over the head. See, as long as he felt like his daddy was going to smack him, as long as he felt like his daddy might not accept him, as long as he felt like his daddy might say, boy, you went too far, he wouldn't have been able to give him praise. Amen? And so the Lord went through extensive Measures to make sure he understood you ain't going to be punished. Now let's praise. Now let's give him glory. Hosanna to the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He has won the victory. Come on, he is the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. Can you remember when you were that boy? Can you remember when you were that boy that had slop on you still? That you still accidentally cursed every now and again? Can you remember when you were that boy that still had slop on you? That still went the wrong way when you should have went the right way? At times, glory be to God. And God continued to bless you. He continued to bring you in atmospheres and put things on you you wouldn't accept. I don't think we need to do anything else but bless the Lord. Come on, do we understand what we really be? I talked my I was talking to my wife while we were walking through the mall and I said, baby, what in the world I, we saw a young man because sin one thing about sin is it's very harsh on you. Sin is harsh, and it beats you up, and it steals your youth, and it, 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 it subtracts from your health. And we saw a young man that was no more than 30 had to look like he was 55, 60 at the most, and we almost didn't recognize him. He looked so old. And I looked at my wife, and I said, baby, what would I look like right now if I continued living the way that I was living? When we first met one another, what would I look like? You better thank God. See, we're so mad about what we don't got. You better thank God that you did. You, if you could have been way more jacked up than what you should be, way more. You see people all the time that sin has stolen ten and fifteen years from their life. They look like they're seventy years old and they're thirty-five years old. How dare we forget? Glory be to God. I still got my youth and my knees are still good. I know folks forty-one years old that had strokes that can only drag half of their body that have heart attacks at 32 years old. Sin has stolen
stolen from them. And God has me in the house of God in the multitude of his mercies. I just need about 25 people, man, that will understand the Lord is good. don't get it. What if you were still smoking weed? What if you were still snorting cocaine? What if you were still smoking crack? What if you were still drinking? What if, what if you were still sleeping around? What would you look like right now? The Lord is good. God, can we praise him for that? I just want you to know that you're sitting next to some people that have put their nose to cocaine powder and they're in the house of God. I just want you to know you're sitting next to people who put their lips on crack pipes and they're in the house of God. I just want you to know that you're sitting next to people who slept with two and three people at a time and they don't have AIDS. I need... Glory to the name of Jesus. They were about to put you on medication for your mind. Come on, and you got your right mind. They gave you a prescription for... Come on, remember and praise him. Come on, let's make Mary up in here. Our God is worthy of the praise. Our God is worthy of the honor. Our God is worthy of the exaltation. Come on, children. I need some of you children in here to recognize you need to praise God. Because if the devil had his way, your mama would have died before she had you. Your daddy would have been dead before he ever gave birth to you. You weren't supposed to be here. They were brought into some traps that were supposed to kill them before they had you. You were not even supposed to ever know... Somebody, go get Philip, please. Somebody, hallelujah. Come on, can we worship him for a minute? Hallelujah. Come on, I need everybody in here to be intentional. Come on, I need somebody, everybody here to be intentional in worship right now. Hallelujah. 